Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 153, Cheering for the Home Team. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And happy new week, everyone. It's just, you know, as you listen to these podcasts, uh, typically, you know, you start listening to them on Tuesday. We hear from people all throughout the week. You know, sometimes you just need to focus on the positives. Yeah. And, and no matter where you are when this podcast comes on, um, it's our hope that you take the next half hour or so and just think about what's what's working. And if things aren't working in your marriage, now's the time today to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, so often you know, we hear from folks or I'll be having conversations where people say, I just don't know what to do. You know, I'm lost. I, 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 you know, and it's all this um, kind of woe is me type of talk and you know uh, th- and that trust me when I mean, we get like that in our own marriage where it's just like Rawr. but the reality is is that you have the ability every day when things are not going well in your marriage to make decisions that will change things yep and for an example i'm going to bring something up that happened in our marriage here over the last three four days and sure. it has all to do with communication and it started on friday when it was a Lisa's day, last, last day. day, for initiating on the intimacy lifestyle. And this has happened a couple of times before where it's getting towards the end of the week. Uh, she hasn't initiated on her days. And we end up on Friday, her last day, and she doesn't do anything. And what I have done in the past is said, hey, Lisa, if something comes up and it's just not going to happen, let me know. Let me know on Friday. We can change it up and we'll we'll go for it on our bonus day, which would be Saturday, or our off day, which would be Saturday. Well, this week, the same thing ended up happening is that we went to bed and no initiating going on from Elisa's point of view. Do you want to expand on that why or anything of that nature? No, I'm just sitting here giggling because I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell the Saturday morning part of the story. Right. But no reasons why you didn't feel like initiating or I just long week and it's all going to sound like excuses. So, you know, there's nothing that I can like, there's nothing that I can offer here that doesn't not just sound like an excuse. Okay. So Saturday comes along and I'm, you know what? I'm a little irritated at this point because I, again, I've said in the past, Hey Lisa, if something's going to come up, just let me know. Little irritated. Yes. I was a little irritated. Okay. I got more irritated after you, you responded. So what I ended up doing, I said, hey, Lisa, you know, last night was your last night to initiate and you did it. Well, this is where it all comes in. And why don't you step in and tell, tell the audience what you said to me? I, I said something along the lines of, well, you fell asleep. And here's the big <laughs> word. She, she pointed and said, you fell asleep. 
I didn't point with my finger. No, you didn't point, but you. Oh, I pointed you, you with pointed, my words. Yes, yes, you pointed with your words. You directed this at me. It was now my fault that I fell asleep. And the week prior, we wrote an article all about effective communication. And one of the things you do not do is say you, because what it ended up happening to me, I got defensive. I got, wait a minute, why is it now my problem when she could have easily woken me up by initiating? It was just one of those major, I blew it moments all around. And, you know, and it's one of the things that we've told you guys from the very beginning is that we do not sit behind these microphones or get in front of you at a live event or put things in our book that we have not lived ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, it's always so funny. It typically happens when I'm working on a speech for something that an event like this comes up in our own marriage because I tell women all the time, I'm like, I don't, I don't do these speeches for you ladies. I do these speeches for me because it's often something that I need to work on again mm-hmm. in my marriage. You know, everything that we share with you, we don't come at you because we've got it all figured out and we do it perfectly day in and day out and we never have any problems in our marriage. Right. So that was that was a honest to goodness miscommunication on our part. And I will have to say, for me, I looked at Elisa when she started pointing the finger and saying it was all about me. And I just said, Elisa, we talk about this all the time. And many of you have heard us talk about this all the time. So you know what's going on. And I just said, hey, you need to take a personal accountability for your actions. You know, I initiate on my days. You need to be able to initiate on your days. And don't put the blame on me when it doesn't happen. And at that moment, I just, I gave her a little, a little kiss. I'm going to let it end. This is the key for all of us who have been rejected like this too as I dropped it, it was done. I I let it out. I let her know about it. I gave her a kiss and I said, Hey, let's, let's just move forward from this point on. And I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to, you know, continue to badger her about it, you know, and it worked out, worked out in, in our favor after that. And that's where the story ends. No, go, go on. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. All right. So last night um, was a Sunday night, which is not my nights to initiate. And oh, well, well hold, on. Oh, hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. So <laughs> my bad, my bad. Yes, it doesn't end there. But here, here's here's the the funny thing. So then on Saturday, I did I go for a bike? Oh, I went for a bike ride we that afternoon. Bike ride in the afternoon. So I'm thinking, hey, you know what? We, we've talked about it. We flushed it out. Saturday night after church. After the kids go to bed, we'll probably be able to do bonus on Saturday. So I'm in there taking a shower, and all of a sudden, Lisa comes in. It's like, oh, and by the way, I started my period. So I'm thinking, oh, great. Now <laughs> now she should have initiated. It, it, I know it came unexpected. Like four days early. I understand, I understand that. But here's what's going on in my head is that it's like. We just lost bonus day. No, we just lost bonus day. So we had to talk through that. And then that's what happened on Sunday. So, yes. So on Sunday, um, we'd gotten into bed. We were in bed incredibly early. I'm still kind of baffled that we were in like in our bedroom in bed by 9.15 because that never happens. Uh, Which was just awesome. It was wonderful. And so I'm reading and Tony makes this wonderful declaration that I'm in bed 
And should you wish to do anything, I'm here. And, and then he rolls over and he falls asleep and I'm reading and I'm like, okay, you know. This, this well, and, and I say that because <laughs> on Saturday, remember Saturday, you'd mentioned, you said, hey, oh, you, you know yes, what? Then we had company in our house. R- right. No, no, no. But you, you had said Saturday, hey, make it up. Do you want me to just give you a blowjob? And, and, and at that point, I was in the shower and all this stuff. And I was like, no, let's not do that now. Okay, go on. So that's how I woke him up in the middle of the night last night. Well, it was in the middle of the night. night. It was like it 10, was early 30. evening. It feels like middle of the night when we're in bed by nine. Right. All that to say is we found a workaround for me having my period, which we've never, we've never done before in terms of, you know, how do we maintain our intimacy lifestyle? And, you know, this goes back to the episode from a few weeks ago when I said, you know what, I finally kind of had this breakthrough uh, yeah, mental, emotional, call it whatever you want on being able to give Tony a blowjob. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't know exactly what's happened. I will say that, you know, it's different when I'm on my period, you know, and, and so things like that, but that's all stuff that you guys have got to work around and you've got to, you know, keep the communication open and you've got to try different solutions. I tell my kids all the time that they need to be problem solvers mm-hmm. and, you know, the same thing happens when you're practicing the intimacy lifestyle and, you know, it happens in your communication. It happens every aspect of your life. You're working on solving problems. Right. And I think once Elise and I now like to sort of look at stuff in our own lives before we present it to you guys as well, you know, for us, we've been praying together for the last three months, almost every night Mm -hmm. we'll miss you know, a night or two each week, most likely just because of what's going on or what's happening. But we pray often for the last three months. We haven't brought it up to you because we're still learning some new things. And just just recently, like two weeks ago, a week ago, we had this huge revelation in the way we pray. And that has been huge for us. And we'll, we'll talk about that more because we're going to help you guys here in the future when we do a podcast on that, on how we've done it and how it's really sort of that switch has been flipped. Mm-hmm. And we're still working through that, but we want to talk about it. And the same, similar with giving a blowjob. I, I think Elisa is still so like amazed herself that it's hard to go, okay, well, this is exactly why and this is how I'm able to do it. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So. Very much so. So let's get on to cheering for the home team. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to catch you guys up, you know, with what was going on, um, because sometimes those things that happen in our week parallel what's going on in your own marriages. And especially when we have a miscommunication, it's important for us to let you know that, you know, the DiLorenzos don't always have their junk together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we had a conversation with a friend last week and, and, you know, have been mulling over this topic for a while because what we hear from a lot of you and what we hear in the conversations that we have with our own friends is that a lot of you uh, don't feel like you're getting the number one amount of support from your spouse. You don't feel like your spouse is your biggest cheerleader. And like I said, this came up in a conversation and and we're listening to this person talk and um, it was a woman and she's sharing with us what's going on in her life and, you know, all of these amazing things. However, in the conversation, I think she said probably two or three times 
my husband just doesn't think I can do this new venture. I think it was more than that. And here's a very, very accomplished woman. Here's a woman who has done you know all different kinds of things. Like so many of you listening to this, and this speaks to husbands and wives. I don't know which side of the cheerleading equation that you're on. Right. What I realized in talking to her was that she is having trouble. There is a physical, emotional barrier there for her going to that next step, for her making that leap, which we on the outside can see that she would be phenomenal at. She's having trouble making that leap because the voice that's playing in her head is the one that says, your husband doesn't think you can do this. Mm -hmm. And it was heartbreaking to sit there and listen to her, you know, because in one breath, she's sharing all of her ideas. I mean, just this like crazy good stuff. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, turning around driving away. I'm like, sign me up. I want to do it. I want to work with her. Sign me up. And then in the next breath, yeah, but you know, I I don't know because you know, my husband just, he doesn't think I can do it or doesn't think I'd be good at it or doesn't think I can make any money at this or you take any variation of that phrase. Mm -hmm. And that's what is planted in her brain, stopping her. And we tell you so often that it's the conversations we have during the week that often, um, impact us and lead us to what's going to be discussed in the show. Because I got to thinking about how we cheer each other on and how that has impacted our marriage and has taken away those, those barriers to doing something. Mm-hmm. Your spouse, you sh- and I won't even say your spouse should be for you. You should be your spouse's number one cheerleader. Hands down. They should know that if they've got a brand new idea or, you know, they want to go do something they've never done before that terrifies them to pieces, that you are right there going, you know what? We're going to get through this. You, you can do this. You can change your life. I mean, we, we put the comment, uh, comment, we put the question out on Facebook and the responses that we got were all over the place. Yeah, the the question was, where do you want your spouse to be your biggest cheerleader right now? Mm-hmm. In what area of your life? Yeah, and it's a lot of you are struggling with this. A lot of your marriages are struggling with how to how to cheer each other on, and I think it's because there's so much negativity in our world and we're allowing it to come into our marriage. We're allowing it to come in the front door instead of leaving it at the front door. And I want to, I want to just share with you as we're talking through this, I want to take it back to sports and remind everyone exactly who a cheerleader is because it's important to know where we're coming from in terms of what we're asking you to do and what we're encouraging you to do. A cheerleader is someone who cheers on her team or his team, even if the score is totally lopsided in the opponent's favor. You know, you guys have seen those football games or those basketball games that have been complete blowouts. Do the cheerleaders stop cheering? For their team? No. I mean, they might be discouraged. And if, you know, the media networks put the camera on them. They're sad and things like that, but they're still cheering. They're jumping around. They're doing their flips. They're screaming for their team. They never have a negative remark in their cheers unless it's meant for the opposition. 
they're not, they're not yelling at their guys because they missed a basket. They're yelling at the other team to miss the basket or to miss that point after, or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, think of, think of high school games. Think of high school cheers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you'd get kicked off the cheer squad if you said something bad about your own team. And yet it's okay in our marriages for us to be negative or to be disparaging to our spouse. You know, Cheerleaders are not critical of the team they represent. You'd never catch a cheerleader saying our team isn't any good. Never. So why do we do that to our spouses saying you can't do this? Hmm. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, this isn't your area. You're going out on a limb and you're not gonna be able to do anything. And, you know, being from San Diego, the last one here is kind of important. Um, Our San Diego Chargers have not had the best seasons, you know, I mean, last three, the last three, it's not been good. Cheerleader is someone who sticks is dedicated and sticks with their team. Even when it's a losing season, we're not talking fair weather fans here. We're not talking fair weather spouses where you're only supporting your spouse when things are going well, but when things go bad, when somebody loses a job or when, you know, finances are tight, all of a sudden you turn on them and you're like, what happened? This isn't what I signed up for. I don't want to play on this team anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, cheerleader, if, if you ever find your place in a, where you're stuck in your marriage and you're going, I don't know how to support my spouse, think of your local sports team and what the cheerleaders look like. Think of their actions and how they support their team. That's what we want you guys to do in your marriage. That's, that's the kind of support we want you to create. You know, and I want, I want us to share some of these comments so that you can hear and get a sense of what's going on in the one community when we put that question out last week. Yeah, so we had comments come in from, obviously, husband and wives, and I'm going to just read a couple of them here for us. Parenting. I feel like I'm a failure sometimes and it's nice to have encouragement. Why pick one? I need my husband to be my cheerleader for everything from cleaning the bathroom to career to personal growth. When he believes in me, it makes me believe in me. See me at the finish line when I do my marathon. Not once has he been there at the end cheering me on at the finish line. So you can see those are all aspects of life, all different areas. You know, from parenting to to housework and personal growth to, you know, recreational activities. There are many ways that we can be out there cheering our spouse on. And reading that one about the marathons, I'm thinking about, I'm not a runner. (laughs) Never really have been, have no desire to be a runner. But I've done some 5Ks since Troy and I've been together. And I distinctly remember the Malibu Dolphin Run. It, yes. it was, gosh, probably 12, 13 years ago. It, we were living in Costa some, Mesa. It was some time ago, yes. My dad was out. It was the weekend of an earthquake mm-hmm. here in Southern California. My dad had been visiting us. And my dad and Tony drove with me to Malibu, and they were standing at the finish line. And not only am I not a runner, I've never been the, uh, between my brother and I, I've never been the athlete. And, you know, so... My father's never really seen me in an athletic 
from an athletic point of view and you know tony again i mean you guys know tony's this crazy cyclist hikes all over the world all over the world world. all over the united states Uh, you know mexico to canada does all this kind of and and so i i've never pictured myself as an athlete but to have both my husband and my father at the at the end of this 5k finish line was amazing i mean you would have thought i'd run the boston marathon now for all those of you that bought one run boston or a marathon i'm not taking anything away from you my little 5k just felt like that yeah but it was it was amazing to have them there. It was amazing, you know. Yeah, there are times when the house is clean and Tony comes home and says, "Wow, babe, nice job." <laughs> you know, appreciate coming home to a clean house. There, there are areas of our lives, there are areas of your spouse's life that they just need to hear. You know what? Good job. Mm-hmm. Good job. You know, we we all crave words of encouragement and affirmation. It may not even be your love language. You know, because it, affirmation and encouragement are one of the five love languages. That being said, everybody needs to hear it once in a while. And you know what? In the bedroom, it wouldn't hurt either. Nobody brought it up there, but I'm going to tell you, there's nothing greater than being there in your bedroom and cheering on your spouse, both of you, you know, afterwards talking about it. You know what? I really enjoyed when you held me like that or you touched me like that. You know, we don't do that often enough. We don't. We, we take that moment. It's, it's done and it's over with and we roll over and we go to bed. And you know what? We need cheering in the bedroom because a lot of us are sexually deprived. And we don't know if our spouse enjoys it or not. And we're sitting in the dark just hoping and guessing and waiting. So if there's a moment afterwards or during lovemaking where you can go right on, go right there, that is the spot you're cheering your spouse on, both husband and wives, you'd be surprised at how your lovemaking can take a turn. Well, and I just want to share it because every once in a while as we're doing one of these episodes, something will pop into my head. And, and as we're talking about that encouragement and that affirmation in Matthew twenty five twenty three. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Well done. Don't we all want to hear well done? Don't we all want to hear that encouragement that I, as your spouse, believe in you and I think that you can do this? I mean, we had this play out when Tony and I went to this uh, business workshop over our anniversary, mm-hmm. decided that we were going to do the coaching this year but that I was going to be the one to do it. Right. And we actually had to put some money on this. And, you know, it was, it was a substantial amount of money for us at the point in time where we are with the business to make this decision that we were going to go through this, this coaching. And for Tony to say, you know what, babe, I think you can do this. I, you know, because we'd, we'd been meeting these um, men and women who had gone through the coaching over the last year. And I'm like, wow, these are dynamos. You know, and at the time I didn't see myself on the same level with them. Mm-hmm. But when Tony said, you know what? We can do this. You can get into this coaching pro- program and do what they're doing. And, and I believe in you and we're going to do this. And so it was that, oh my gosh, like he thinks I can do this. And it's been amazing. As I reflect on the last three months since we made that decision to see what's changed in my life, to see how I'm 
progressing in terms of my speaking and my confidence. And when I go out and talk to people and how I'm just, I'm kind of in their face because I'm so excited about what we're doing and I don't shy away from our topic, you know, because it, it used to be, you know, you tell people that, you know, you talk about sex and I tell people all the time, I get two reactions. You get those people that lean in and they're like, Ooh, tell me more. And you get those people that lean back and cross their arms and like, Oh, and I, and now I don't care. I don't care which reaction you give me because I know that what I'm doing and I know that what Tony and I are doing together is making a difference. But do you know why I know that? Because this man across the microphones from me believes in me and has given me his strength. And that's what happens when you become your spouse's cheerleader. You give them strength that they don't know they have. Mm-hmm. And when they're having a day of, of questioning themselves, when they're having a day where, you know, every client's canceled and, you know, big project fell through and the boss says something and, and they walk in the door at night and you're like, wow, there's the best thing that ever happened to me you can make that all go away. It, it, it becomes much less of a priority to dwell on the negative than to focus on the positive when you are their number one cheerleader. It's critical for your marriages because if you're the one doing all the, the criticizing and the nitpicking and the you can't do this and you're not good enough, he might as well just be taking, I mean, picture a giant tree in the forest and you're standing there with an ax. And every time you say something, you're just taking one more swing. That tree can only take so many swings before it will fall over. Every word, every action is a swing of that ax into the tree of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually... It's going to come tumbling down. So how do you, how do each of you share this? How do you, how are you guys able to be cheerleaders for one another? And Elisa already brought it up. One of them, words of encouragement and affirmation. Find those times during the week, during your day, you know, when you're on date night, when you're in the bedroom, when you're just hanging out together, find ways to encourage and affirm your spouse. Look for them. And yeah, that means you're going to have to be a little attentive at times. And I know you're tired and I know you're, you're, you know, you've had long days. I understand that. But sometimes it's just the littlest of things. You know, it's just the littlest of things, just enough to go, hey, I love how you have done this. You know, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Like one of the listeners said, you know, showing up at the end of the race. And encouraging her would been would be awesome. So that's one thing you can do. Unsolicited acknowledgement of what they do in your life. You know, don't go. We all dislike it when we have to fish for that positive affirmation. Just do it. You know, there's nothing more, you know, annoying than having to fish for somebody to go, hey, I really like the way you've done your homework this week. You know, right on. You know, you're trying to get your your bachelor's. But we want it unsolicited. We want it to just come instead of us having to fish for it. Being present when something is important to them. When there is a major event that may be happening. 
be there for them. There were and are many times, have been many times when Elisa has been there for me, especially when it comes to my athletic endeavors, you know, and that means a ton to me that she is there, that she is around to enjoy these moments with me. And I know she doesn't enjoy being there at times because it's cold or it's rainy or what have you. And she's laughing over here. I'm laughing because I remember um, when Alex was just, you know, probably six to nine months old. That's when you got into the ultra marathon or ultra. Well, I got into training for one. I I thought I was going to do more, but I ended up just doing one ultra marathon because I realized after that one ultra marathon, I was so beat up. I would never do another ultra again. So we go up to the mountains for this ultra marathon and we're staying in this tiny little one room cabin. And Alex is probably eight, nine months old. Yeah, he was young. He was young. But the ultra marathon takes, I don't remember how long it took you to finish. It was a 50K, so 32 miles, and it took me like eight and a half hours. So Alex and I are just hanging out in this little one-room cabin. But I do remember, and there's a picture of Alex and I, you know, because I've got him in his little baby carrier, standing as Tony's coming into that final stretch. And I laugh because I'm I'm really, okay, you know. I mean, Tony's done all the bike races, or not bike races, but all of the the double centuries. And we typically don't show up for those because he doesn't do any of them close. But we were there that day, and I can laugh about it now, just going, okay, you know, eight hours of, you know, just waiting for you to come back from running. Okay, okay, you know, this is fun. And, you know, I'm bouncing around a baby and sticking him in the, you know, pack and play. But, But we were there. Right. And... While it may not have been something I wanted to do, I knew it was important to him. Mm-hmm. So it's not my place to grumble about, you know, my schedule or being inconvenienced or anything like that. It's saying, you know what, this is an important event to my spouse. It's important that I'm there at the finish line. I mean, you know, if they're doing a marathon, if they're doing, you know, a bike ride, if they're hiking somewhere, I mean, when Tony hiked the PCT, he was gone 138 days. Mm-hmm. Did I fly up to Canada to greet him when he got off the trail? Yes. Was it important that I was there? Yes. I was there at the beginning and I was there at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a couple times in between. A couple times in between. Yep. And the last one, don't squelch their dreams. Gosh, you know what? There are enough people out there squelching our dreams, trying to put us down, tell us we can't make it can't how are you going to do that what are you going to be able to do how are you going to how are you going to provide for your family you know we need spouses to encourage us through those tough times and i know it's tough believe me i know it's tough but we got to stop squelching each other's dreams because it just brings us down in ourselves in our marriages and we just have no reason to fight anymore. And that's not a place we want to be. Now, when we're looking at those dreams, it's taking steps. Understanding which steps it's going to take to reach that dream. And then be there behind them and cheering them on, making sure they're taking those steps to get to there. And yeah, you know what? In the past, they may have failed. They may have failed miserably. On whatever they may have chosen to do. Go back to school. Maybe they went back to school for a semester and just couldn't pull it all together at a time in their lives. 
But that was a time in their life when the kids were two and four years old. Now the kids are 16 and 18 years old. You know, maybe it was, was a business venture that went south. They go south. I know I've been there, you know, but they also go well. So, you know, it could be an, a myriad of other ideas or dreams that your spouse has, but you got to be behind them, cheering them on, mm-hmm. even though you know in the back of your mind that it didn't go well the first time through or the second time through. Life changes. We grow. We change as humans. We are growing. And what I know now at 39 that I didn't know at 30 makes a huge difference on how I approach certain things in my life and those dreams that I'm going after. So it's the same thing with your spouse. So you got to look at it and, and, and understand that the dreams may be similar to what you've heard before, but life has changed. And the other part of that is they don't need you to remind them of all the things that have gone wrong before. You know, all of those times where you've seen them not have the success that they thought they were going to have or go after, they're already playing that negative tape in their head. Mm. They don't need to hear it outside. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. We've, we've all made mistakes. If you are married to someone who keeps trying in spite of, you know, past failures, in spite of past, you know, disappointments, be grateful. Be thankful for them continuously trying and not rolling over and giving up. Acknowledge that and applaud it. In our society, so many people are giving up left and right. They are, you know, just accepting the status quo. It is the dreamers, the ones that keep trying and put, you know, energy and muscle behind their dreams that change things. And I will tell you because this podcast is an example of that. You know, this podcast started out as a dream. I tell people all the time, I had no idea what Tony was talking about when he said we were going to podcast. And I, you know, I share with women that, you know, I, I was giving them 10 in my mind. I'm like 10 episodes. This is not going past 10 but he's, he was so passionate about it. And, you know, we've been listening to some of the early episodes and, and wow, we've grown a lot in the last three years. But did I tell him? Well, I probably did actually say the first time we proposed, I probably did tell him no to this, but he just asked again. He's like, well, why not? What have we got to lose? And really we had nothing to lose. I, I didn't think we had a lot to gain, but I couldn't come up with enough you know, that we had to lose that we couldn't try this. And in the last 152 episodes, this is 153. Lives around the world have been changed because of this community. So you may not know, I had no idea when we recorded episode one that we would have listeners literally dotting the globe all over the place. And, and I thank you to all of those of you that when you do write into us, you tell us where you're from. So I know, but this was a dream. And I told Tony, fine, you know what? I, I, I don't know how this is all going to work, but you know, I'll get behind the mics with you. Now I would not trade our time 
behind the microphones for anything. This, this is time. This is encouragement that we give to each other that you all get to listen to and we're thrilled that you're out there. But I got to let you know, this is also for us. And this is the growth of a dream and the ability to support one another. And that's how it manifests itself in our marriage. And you've got to figure out what that's going to look like in your marriage. How this week you can look at your spouse on a random day and just say, you know what? You do that really well. Or if they bring up an idea to you, you say, you know what? Let's figure out how to make that work. Tell me about your dream. Ask them, be interested. We've got too many people out there that are faking interest in each other. That's why everybody says fine when you ask them how they're doing. Fine. It's happening in many marriages as well. It happens. You've got to be actively present in your marriage. You've got to support and encourage your spouse. They need you. And hey, what a better way? Ask them. If you don't know, if you're at a loss, you're, you're sitting here listening to this going, well, I, I don't know. Ask them, right? Lines of communication open. Take some time and ask the question. So that way you can get the answer and you know. And yeah, you know, we said, hey, go for the unsolicited. Well, you know what? Starting out, you may have to go and get and solicit what needs to be said. You need to be taught. You need to learn. It's okay. You know, what is it that I can do in our marriage to encourage you today? That's the question I want you to ask. What is it that I can do to encourage you in our marriage today? And at that point in time, you know what to do. Shut your mouth, use those ears that God gave you, and listen. Write it down, and once she responds or he responds, do it. That's the next one. Make sure you do it, and not for a week, not for a couple of days, but you do it. You put a reminder in your phone. You put a reminder on your calendar. You put a reminder on your bathroom mirror if you need it so that you are reminded daily, weekly, monthly, to encourage and build up your spouse. All right. I want to I want to end today with with a quote that I think is just it's, it's really great. I, I and it really encompasses marriage and the love we have for each other and how through our love that we grow by encouraging and being that cheerleader. Marriage is not about how much love you have in the beginning, but how much love you build through the years. And it is through cheerleading, it is through acknowledging your spouse that that love that we have for one another continues to grow and continues to build because the love we have at the beginning is so emotionally based. It is when we find ways of loving our spouse that will help them grow and it will help us grow and it will build us to having a marriage that we never imagined before. So go out there, go out there, be your spouse's cheerleader 
and we want to hear about what you're doing to cheer them on. So when you do, you pick up your phone. If you got it right there beside you right now, pick it up. I want you to call 858-876-5663. You can call it anytime. And you tell us, what are you doing in your marriage today to encourage your spouse? If you want to email us, you can go and send that to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We do get those. We are getting inundated right now lately with lots of email. So if we don't get back to you, just know we are receiving them. As this dream of ours has grown, we are still growing ourselves. And we do get a ton of email now. And um, we'll try to read it here on the show. With that being said, you guys have yourselves a fantastic week. We love you and we'll see you next time.